0: All right, everybody. Welcome to the panel series here at Big Pine Comedy Festival. Thank you so much for coming out this afternoon. Today's panel topic is comedy, wild, weird, and in between. We have four panel guests, and we also have four special guests that we'll be rotating through, all to discuss all the wild and weird things performers experience in comedy. We're gonna chat a little bit with our panel participants, and then we'll bring up those special guests. Towards the end of the panel, we will do a audience Q&A, so make sure you hold on to those questions. All right, so without further ado, I'm gonna allow the panel participants to introduce themselves. So we'll start with Lisa, and we'll work our way down.
1: Hello, y'all, I'm Lisa Landry, happy to be here. And I've been doing the road forever, so there's a lot of craziness that will happen, (laughs) yeah.
2: Um, I'm Crystal Adams. Um, let's see, I have a podcast called Too Sensitive for Comedy, and uh, Amazon Prime showcase set called Laugh After Dark. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna share for now. Oh,
3: that's nice. <laughs> uh, I'm Anthony Davis. I'm a comic.
2: <laughs>
3: I ain't got anything special. I mean, I, I work the road a lot. I, I'm on the road like 30 weeks of the year, so hello my name
4: is richard douglas jones uh i host a podcast called black nerd power uh i've also been on the road a lot uh yeah shit yeah a lot (laughs) yeah yeah
0: Well, we're gonna have a lot of great, (laughs) weird weird stories to reference and give some advice to anyone who's gonna be listening to this later. Uh, So let's get started. What's the weirdest or wildest thing that's happened to you in comedy? Who wants to take a stab at the first question of the panel?
1: Um, I would just say that the thing about comedy is we have no HR department and we work in (laughs) nightclubs. And uh, bars, so you can just pretty much depend on shit will be fucked up. (laughs) You deliver the time that you are contracted to deliver. And if you're not working with mental patients, they will be in your audience. So that's what we're here for.
3: That was amazing, that was clear. Yeah, that that perfectly summed it up too. We need an HR, we need HR.
4: I don't know if there's there's one weird thing that stands out the most it's just the kind of shit that you just kind of have to get used to that becomes kind of the norm like uh depending on the rooms that you get like you'll get what's called the stutter at the end of the night where the booker or the promoter or somebody will just look at you and say uh 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 can i holler at you in the back and you know it's about to be some bullshit because if they hit you with the stutters like, uh, 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 we, we didn't get the numbers we thought we were gonna get. Like last week, God, last week this shit was packed. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but but this week, uh, real light. Uh, uh, light uh, no today. I said I was gonna pay you 500, but uh, can I pay you 250 and some chicken wings? Beulah, <laughs> five to chicken, like that's your <laughs> yeah. norm. That becomes your norm on the road really quickly.
5: Ch- chicken. I had a, I had a club owner try to pay me in Coke. Oh. Yeah. A At cola? least you could resell Coke. it. Yeah, At least real. you could resell yeah. the Coke. You can't resell it? chicken. That was Coca-Cola, right? Yeah. You, you see, you got morphine last night, and you've just been. <laughs> All right. You know what? <laughs> fuck you, okay? You guys know Anthony took a morphine shot on the street outside the club <laughs> last night. Oh, that might be he the one. He had a drive-by. Yeah. Fuck. You talk about strange stuff. He had a drive-by morphine shot Ladies in Flagstaff, and Arizona. If, shit you, you not. if you
4: don't come for, to Big Pine for any other reason, it's just know that you can get morphine
3: on demand. On this Oh, that might be <laughs> the wildest thing that's happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, yeah. Last night I was uh, uh, this altitude, and because we were playing basketball, I passed kidney stones a few times a month, and uh, it got really bad. So, and I had a show at ten, and I didn't want to miss it, so I just went to this, the uh, Great. What was that? What was that place? Green room. green room. Yeah. And like I was talking to Hillary, I was like, I'm about to pass it, and the pain's about to get really bad. And they're like, Oh, we'll get you a nurse. And some guy walked up on the street like 10 minutes later. He's like, You, Anthony? He's like, I'm like, Yeah. And then he just like, Okay, lift your arm up. Gave me a shot, and then he disappeared in the darkness. <laughs> I'm pretty like, I don't. Me- I remember giving him $20 too, and I was like. And then when I tell the story,
5: everyone's like, what the fuck? I, is saw, this? And I was like, well, What I the saw, fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Right, right. Did they use an alcohol swab or right. the guy just spit on your fucking shoulder? Yeah. I mean, I mean the kiss was weird, but right? outside right. like, yeah. that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Right on the lips. I saw this shit
3: happen in real time and I was like, This is th- what? Yeah, this you saw. yeah, I was telling you, I was just like, Wait, that yeah, that that's a bit weird. Yeah. Okay. Well I'm used to it. I'm used to getting that shit done to me, so yeah comedy
0: (laughs) what's the weirdest thing that's happened on the road to you guys Uh,
3: weirdest i did a show in down in deep south pennsylvania in like the (laughs) deep woods and i got there it was supposed to be a cancer benefit show and they want to give me like 100 bucks. And I was like, no, I'll do it for free. Just give the money to the research and everything. And I got there. I met the people. And I was like, I don't think this is real. And then they told me that the money was actually going to build them another pool house. And I got really pissed <laughs> off. And that wasn't even the worst part. That's just where it begins. And then they are like, you want to see the rest of the house? I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. You're giving me a tour of the house? That's fucking weird. And then they're like, down in our basement that used to be the slave quarters i was like i don't think i should go down there i don't think this accent down there would be great and then the rest of the show just went off the rails they're like i was six months in they're like can you do an hour and a half i was like (laughs) no why would you (laughs) phil Kors was on that show phil was he he was supposed to do 30 minutes with me i was going to do the hour i was just like this is the stupidest they made us cheeseburgers during the show. The people were yelling. The guy got up and told him back. He was like, "You, you gotta fuck a bear. You gotta give, gotta come behind it first. And we found out that he, and we found out that he was a camp counselor. And it was just that was that was a great Tuesday. I gotta say, that was fucking awesome.
0: Crystal, how do the stories on uh, the road and dealing with weird and wild things in that regard kind of differ from like the podcasting world? and like the weird and wild things you have to deal with in that sense of comedy.
2: Um, well, I have more control of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can choose who is around me, uh, in the podcast world. I, and I mean, I think the, the, one of the interesting things is just never like walking into rooms and you can just tell that nobody assumes that you're the comic. Um, that happens to me a lot. And they're like, oh, did you, are you looking for the restroom? And I'm like, Actu- actually, <laughs> I mean, do you want me to shit on your stage? Because I'll do that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, I think, I mean, yeah, I think it's mostly just about being able to control my environment, Just yeah. I will say I did just recently perform in Paris, which sounds very exotic, but no, what happened was, uh, uh, I got off stage, and a woman, a very nice woman who was from Chicago, was like, "I bet you do so well in the states," and I'm like, "Yeah, (laughs) that was uh, yeah, it was not what happened in Paris." Uh, There. As it, was, it was a backhanded compliment for sure.
0: <laughs> well, and like Lisa said, there's no HR department in no. comedy. So if someone tries to pay you in cocaine or tries to make you hang out in the green room with like a bunch of weirdos, how do you kind of handle those weird situations? Uh,
5: I knew a comic out of New York that once stole the soundboard and held it hostage from the club owner to get paid for the week. Fuck yeah. 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 Well, that's, yeah. that's a that's a that's a power move. That's, that's a, a power, that's fucking, a move power move right right there. fucking move. Yeah, that's nice. a strong move. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the weird too. one of the weirdest <laughs> things I'll tell you that happened in in my lifespan in comedy is I saw a comic kill for real. We saw I saw a person die of a heart attack in a comedy club. Nice. Saw a show. Well, nice. but, but seriously, nice. no, really, no. If, if Of all the ways to go. Hell yeah. I Die mean, either laughing, laughing or right. fucking. Comedy, I mean, really, probably the, sure. yeah. the yeah. two okay. ways to go. Yeah, but he yeah. had to stop the show. We were about two thirds of the way through, but really? one of the strangest things I've actually seen is a comedy show get stopped because someone died yeah. in the audience.
1: I had somebody stroke out in my crowd, out in yeah. Casey, yeah. and it was the same thing, and somebody screaming, this isn't a joke, turn on the lights. Wow. And yeah, yeah. it's That's fucking scary. nuts. And the worst part of it was there was this bachelorette party there, oh. right? <laughs> and they just kept screaming, keep going, we came to see you. <laughs> oh, God.
5: It's all about you, little Missy, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, your special yeah. day, isn't it, little Missy? Give him a piece horrified. of penis cake, he'll be fine. I
1: was like, this poor man could die right here, and the last thing he needs to hear before he goes is a dick joke out of my mouth, <laughs> you
5: know? <laughs> I got nothing for that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no. Um, do any of you have any weird pre-show rituals, or have you seen any other comics do any weird pre-show rituals?
2: I have to um I have to sing the entirety of Guns and Ships from Hamilton.
5: <laughs> well, now that you've set it up, we have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's for me, and... um, (laughs) No, but it's actually, I mean, part of that is, um, uh, it's a, I mean, it's kind of like a tongue twister, because he's rapping really fast. Um, So in addition to hyping me up, because it's Lafayette is the coolest in that musical, I don't care what anybody else says, if you haven't seen it, it's great. Uh, And, but also he's rapping so fast, so it helps me it's like, that's my form of tongue, like, getting my mouth ready. So.
0: you do that for podcasts podcast, too, or just live show?
2: Just live show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else, any weird things they do or uh, anything they've ever seen? I hope seen? to
3: work on, you, with you on the show, just be like, yeah, fucking <laughs> get it! Get that shit! Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I can just see, wait, do you do, I, do
2: I, I would appreciate a high person, yeah. because, oh, hell yeah. yeah, every time I have to congratulate myself. <laughs> as soon as you get done, I'm
3: like, oh, yeah, yeah this was yeah. Right,
2: yeah, that's
4: awesome. Just somebody to just stand there with a lighter.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh I uh, if it's like a if it's like a big show, like pre show dump, that's <laughs> Mando. Mando, like it, every like like real big like when I do like theater shows and stuff like that for sure pre show dump gotta happen. I'm
3: worried that I'm gonna be in there too long. They're like everybody welcome to stage. Anthony Davis. I'm like I'm almost done. Like, I'm, like you can't leave. You can't stop pre dump. Nah, That's uh-uh. you can't cut yeah. it off.
4: Nah, I'm good. Don't <laughs> don't
3: hate me because I'm regular. Like I'm definitely
4: not. I'm yeah, bad. yeah. So yeah, pre show dump is 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 like my big ritual, and I'll just kind of I just I like sitting in the corner and just looking at my set list.
3: Yeah. Yeah, normal stuff. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. especially when you're doing weird shit. Yeah, you, know? you feel a little bit lighter,
4: you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jump around a Yeah, yeah, you do. And sometimes I have done that. Like I've, I've like done a lap around the theater or something like that to kind of get the juices flowing. I'm like, I can't, I can't go out here with a full chamber. Like, I, <laughs> that's
3: gonna weigh me down. I sometimes I stretch. You know, I, I move around. I'm really high energy and I scream a lot on stage, so I. I gotta move around because I don't wanna get a hammy. You know, I don't wanna get. get, my, uh, you, I don't you, get you strike crack.
5: me, Anthony, as a guy that does a lot of pre show stretching. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. Is, is this bullshit gonna keep happening between you and me? Right? Oh, mm, I swear to God. Give me this bullshit again. Yesterday, I was. I love I was, you, Anthony. You I made I was me laugh I calcium stone out of my deck hole yesterday, okay? I'm sensitive right now, okay? I, I stretch. It makes me all limber. So when I get up there, and I start screaming at people. They're like, "Oh, he looks limber enough to do this." Okay? Sound like you? Sound like you need to stretch a dick hole. That's what you need. To be <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do Kegel. That's
5: yeah. what helps it. <laughs>
0: The wild and weirdness is what makes this industry so great and it's why we keep coming back for more and what probably keeps the fans keep uh, coming into the door and, and to see us. What are some of your favorite uh, weird things that you guys experience and embrace? So not, not the crazy ones that scare you, but the ones that you embrace and just think are, are really fun and get you excited.
5: I think hanging with comics and the practical jokes that comics often do, I'm sure we've all been part of that where we're either getting each other or I had a good friend who I started with in Montreal by the name of Jeff Rothpan who did one of the best practical jokes I've ever heard and I got to witness, but he uh, stole a penis from a cadaver at McGill University from the medical department And (laughs) we, 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 I'm sorry, I mean, it's. I guess guess it is a big joke, but but (laughs) we took the penis with us to the Montreal Forum, which was the then uh, arena where the Montreal Canadiens played, so you know, 20,000 people in attendance, and during the intermission break, we go to the bathroom and he goes to stand at the urinal, which is the fancy troughs way back when, right? Not even the urinals, the lovely troughs. and. All of a sudden, he just goes like this. He has the fake penis down there, well, fake real penis, and pulls it up and holds it in front of me and goes, Jesus fucking Christ, why can't you work properly and threw it on the ground and just walked out of there? And that was one of the funniest things I have ever been a part of. To watch guys actually piss on their own shoes in shock was absolutely hysterical to me. Yeah, I love love being around comics. They're crazy, man, and when you get to hang out with them, weird shit always happens. Fucking Again,
2: felony, yeah. That was a felony. I didn't say crimes? it was legal, but yeah, it was no. funny.
3: <laughs> I mean, I like, think in Canada, is they Canada have, like really lax on that yeah. shit? You're like, oh, I'll just take this arm today. Yeah. The fuck. <laughs> Oh, 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 I'll just take this hey, penis in. How long did he have his that dick in his pocket? Like, a good three or four hours? You know, Anthony,
5: I've probably told that story a dozen times. No one has ever asked how long he held on to the penis for it. <laughs> it
3: makes sense Look, they're checking. They're like, when he's going in the arena, they're like, like doing a body he, check. He's yeah. like, is that dick in your pocket? He's like, no,
4: like, it's just Snicker bar. Like, like he just... Like, he just had just like a disembodied dick
5: just in his pocket. He was like, just wait yeah, till I take get it. Him. off the cadavers. So, <laughs> like, back then, cadavers like... were donated on a frequent basis I for medical you, science. But there was What's
4: no that? like cold storage or anything w- or to like preserve it. Or like, he was just like, you know what? I, I mean, was it shriveled because it was cold?
5: I mean, I'm... we got a lot of questions That's here. So Jesus many questions. Christ. Like, he's so just many checking many his pocket. I have opened a can of worms. I apologize, <laughs> I <know>. people. Uh,
0: <laughs> this <laughs> half of the table yeah. has no other follow up questions. We have none. Okay, got my wallet, other got literally. my cell phone,
5: got
3: my penis, got my, got my, my other penis. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: But that's what makes these comedy festivals so much fun is you get to be with other comics and goof around with other comics and have like wild crazy nights with comics without naming any names. Are there any like wild nights and crazy things that you've gotten into with other with other comics? Maybe some are even here this afternoon.
3: Yes, I succeed my time. I'm not. <laughs> I, I can't like top to that's, that's fifth, that's so about that. got Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. yeah oh, wow. Rick's going to prison because they're yeah. going to be listening to that. Like that's <laughs>
1: illegal.
4: What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, no. There have there have definitely been nights with with drugs and alcohol and turkey feathers and <laughs> loose morals and and uh, searching for your draws in the morning. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's all. I'm um, that's it. That's as far as I'm going.
2: Um, this isn't really, I mean, I really like uh, when you have moments where like all the comics are on the same side of an issue, because um, uh, that's not always the case, but I, I, I was thinking about what is, I, I don't know, this happened at a, at an open mic, and I don't know if this happens in other states, but it's like every year at the beginning of the year you have a New Year's resolution slew of, oh, yeah, yeah. No, and yeah, yeah. so this happened at a, a a club, there was an open mic, and um, the way this open mic in particular worked is uh, the more things you buy, the more drinks or whatever, the more times you can put your name in the bucket, which, okay, if you, that's how you wanna live your life, that's okay. Uh, but this is what, so the, a guy had purchased a ton of drinks. So he, his odds were good, right? <laughs> and then he gets up there with his motorcycle helmet. Um, so great start. and. Uh, he does his jokes, and he's like, I mean, he's, not, he's doing okay. He's not, there's like there was no punchlines, but it was like, he, we were enjoying him, you know? And then he gets, he has three minutes, he gets to like minute two, and they're lighting him, and he forgets what he was gonna say, right? And I think in his mind, he thought, I think he thought that the time stops when he forgets,
5: <laughs>
2: and then starts again when he remembers because when he finally remembered, his time was up, and he was like, no, but I haven't gotten to my last joke. I haven't, I paid for this time. I paid for this time. And, and then the, the host comes up and takes the mic from him. And then he's like, you guys, he's like looking at us, like this is some huge injustice, right? And he's like, you guys, don't, don't you guys wanna hear my last joke? And in unison, we all yelled, no! <laughs> and that is my favorite thing that has ever happened That's at an open mic ever. <laughs>
4: if, I had to, if, I had to, if I had to pick a favorite comic camaraderie kind of, kind of exercise is just sitting around just talking shit about each other after the show. Just, just like if you get like three or four comics Together, like you know, a roasting session is about to start like any minute like it, and it'll start simple. it's like what's up with them shoes and then like everybody look at the shoes and just twenty minutes on those shoes and then it, that's that's my favorite
5: uh, I'll share with you uh, one of my favorite Canadian comedy stories that I think really uh really captures what it's like to be a Canadian professional stand-up but you talk about wild and wacky stories. I had a very dear friend by the name of Simon Rakoff, a Toronto-based comedian, Russian-Jewish comedian who spelt his name uh, Rakoff, R-A-K-O-F-F, but showed up to appear at a gig in Northern Ontario, gets to the gig and on the marquee it says, tonight all-you-can-eat buffet, 1495, and comedy with Simon Rakoff but they spelt his name R-A-K-O-P-H. I don't know if they thought it was the Russian Jewish, but whatever. So Simon goes in and, you know, goes, thanks for putting me up on the board, granted I'm playing second fiddle to the uh, 1495 Buffet. But he says to the owner of the place, he goes, "Uh, I just want you to know you spelled my name wrong, it's Rakoff with two Fs. Guy goes immediately, I know, but we needed the Fs for
6: Buffet.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Canadian showbiz.
0: Now that you're all at this point in your career and you've lived through the wackiness and all the wild moments, what is some advice you would give yourself starting out in year one of your career?
4: Ask about money up front, get everything in writing.
5: I don't, I, I don't know. I think everything kind of happens organically for a reason. I don't know if I would change anything. I think the shit that happens to you is what kind of builds your character, builds your act, builds your show, builds your personality. I mean, I think those things have to happen. Those struggles, those wins, call them what you will, but I think all those things happen and build who you are as the act that you become, evolve I, into. I
1: completely agree with that. Because if you, if you think like, oh, I should have turned down this or I should have mm. turned down that, but it's like, okay, well, if I didn't, do that gig, I wouldn't have come away with this, Understood. new thing, yeah. And it's so, it's so non-linear. Like, everything is just so cyclical and there's no rhyme or reason to it, so I don't think I would change anything.
0: Anthony and Crystal?
1: Um, well, I think
2: I would've, I, yeah, I would've really drilled into myself that there are some things that do get easier um, because there were things when I first started that were very, very difficult for me um one being um i just had never been around this many men <laughs> in my life um and that's what comedy is you know and and it's fine but i just wasn't used to it and i didn't i really in the beginning didn't think i would get used to it and it and i did um and so i would have told myself you are going to be fine um and then there are some things that get harder so <laughs> that's that's just how it is
3: just you know you got everything's going
5: to be different you know you, Every every gig is different than the gig you did before. You know you're going to Anthony, go stop lying. Your younger self would have said to the your older self, "When a strange man drives by you with a needle at one in the morning in <laughs> Flagstaff, just fucking take it."
3: <laughs> I'm gonna put another dick in your pocket. You <laughs>
5: About uh, Anthony and I have had this love-hate relationship all week, but all I'm week. I'm loving it though. I mean, it's just been a ball-busting experience.
3: <laughs> this is a this is the show about love, about comedy, just ball-busting each other the entire time, just having a good re- report. You know, building great relationships. You know, that's what comedy is. You know, if you don't go to a uh, show and you're not talking to people, not talking to other comics, not networking, like building relationships, that's what I wanted to do front. I got there, I did my time, and then a lot of times I would leave, but I'm like you need all the experience you know you need to have like a terrible set at a dive bar with three people cuz the next set you might have like a great set t- 15 minutes in front of 200 people and then you reevaluate yourself like you're like I love comedy and then the next night you might bomb in front of those 200 people again with got, the it, same it, jokes same fucking jokes yeah <laughs> a joke that you let you love that works every single time and then you tell it and it just yeah, everything about it people are like I fucking hate yeah. that joke <laughs> Like, it makes you so much stronger when that joke hits again. You know, you got to have those ups and downs. So, you know, I would never I wouldn't change anything about my my time doing stand up because it's it's made me who I am as a person, as a comic and it is it's a business. It's a business that has that has so many ups and downs that you just have to experience. You know, you got if you're a new comic, you're going to experience some a lot of fucking shit before you get to some good stuff, you know. You gotta, you gotta put that time in. That's the number one thing. You gotta put that time in before it gets better.
0: All right, so I'm excited to bring up our first special guest of the afternoon. Please welcome Mr. Mike Paramore. You've seen him yeah. on Dry Bar Comedy and heard him on SiriusXM. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. What is your weirdest moment from comedy?
7: Oh, God. Um, <laughs> comedy provides... Very, very many weird moments. Probably the stuff that we accept as comics, um, gigs that we have to do just to pay bills. I remember doing a nudist colony, um, yep. uh, and I, I regretted that instantly. As <laughs> so, soon as I sent the yes email, I sent, hit send and drank profusely the rest of that day. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be terrible. Did you uh, have
5: to perform nude
7: at it? I did not have to be nude. I chose to be nude. <laughs> I like how you roll, Mike Paramore. I like how you roll. When in Rome, right? Uh, but no, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I... did not, I did not, uh, uh, I did not perform nude, but I do agree that you have to do the shit shows to 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 find out who you are as a person, even, even as a person, not even a comedian. I mean, that, I learned so much about myself doing that weird-ass gig. Like, I, I became an observational person in one show. Like, I noticed so much shit. Like, the, the choices they made. Like, one dude was like, he had on a long sleeve shirt and nothing on from the waist down.
3: Like, why? Like, for
7: what? Why do you have a long sleeve shirt on, but balls dangling? He like was self-conscious makes... about his, t- his top half. I, I, get, I get that shit. <laughs> he was proud of his the balls. It's Winnie Great balls, not good chicks. <laughs>
4: he's like, my it stomach so, is terrible. My balls yeah. are prettier <laughs> than a <the> motherfucker.
7: <laughs> I also learned about myself, I have no problem accepting meats and cheeses from a naked man. Um,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> if you would have asked me before that show, why specifically meats and cheeses? <laughs> if he'd offer you fruit, would that have been like, fuck, that would have been fuck that's you gross. That's yeah, just no. weird.
7: Nothing sweet. That has natural sugar. That's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> if you would have asked me prior, I would have said, no, I'm not accepting food from a naked man. But I did it. I ate that fruit. It was good. And uh, I don't regret that part at all. Um, but that was a weird show. Um, I. But just... Building your skin, I think, is amazing in comedy, like, because you're gonna have to do shitty shows. Until you're able to sell tickets on your name, you have to entertain anybody who's sitting in front of you. So, and that's gonna be some really mentally unstable people most of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, I think probably the nudist colony was the weirdest moment for me.
0: And any advice other than, you know, making sure you build up thick skin that you would give yourself year one in starting out? Uh,
7: probably my biggest, my biggest problem when I first started out was patience. Everything I did, I thought that was it. Like, <laughs> it's about to go down. I'm famous. <laughs> I'm going to keep this bag packed so I can be gone at any moment. <laughs> new stages. I'm like, I just killed the front of this headliner. I'm out, y'all. Fuck y'all and these half-off wings. Bitch, you should have gave them to me free. Fuck y'all. Uh, <laughs> thinking that every headliner is going to sweep me off my feet and take me away from this life. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I probably would have told myself to be patient. I was, I was way too, too ahead of myself when I was younger.
0: Awesome. Uh, panel, any follow-up questions or comments for Mike before we bring up our next special guest?
3: So much. Um.
4: <laughs>
5: how would you refrigerate a penis?
7: <laughs> how, how was penis preservation not your first question? Right, <laughs> exactly. When you, How would you have a friend that pulled out a personless penis and you did not, and you did not have a million questions, right? It's like, yo, did you have ice in your pocket? Like this sounds like shit that's happened before. This is right. like,
3: ah, it's Tuesday now. I don't even give a shit anymore. No, I have,
4: I have a question for Mike. Uh, did you, did you have that uh, I, I quit my job speech in your head, like ready to go, like any moment they're gonna take me out on the road and this shit is over and I'm about to come in here and curse out everybody and be like, fuck you, I quit. I hate this job. I've been spitting in the teeth for years. You know what I mean?
7: You know what? I had the opposite experience. Like I had a good ass job. Yeah. And I wasn't going to quit my job at all until they asked me to quit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I was forced to do comedy. Like I was forced to do it. Like I, yeah. I did not want to leave my job at all. Uh, but I, I feel like, you know, you, you, you never know where you're not supposed to be. You're like you, you're supposed to learn. If yeah. you don't have a learning experience, that's your fault. I don't, I don't believe in a waste of time. So I think that uh, me getting fired from that job was, you know, God telling me you need to be a comedian because dig it. I'm gonna make you because I got fired over some really dumb shit. Right, It's right. like, like all right, really dumb really'm Let me get, this, let me go get this
4: bullshit out your way. So you can do what you, what you <laughs> like, you're you're supposed some to be really doing? Really dumb yeah. shit.
7: Yeah, uh, but if you. If you have a penis in your pocket, you had to cut it off, right? <laughs> right. Like how did he get it? Is it like a penis area? Like that they I will break
5: this down, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast,
7: right?
0: Can we succeed our time? Give it up, up for Mike Paramount. <laughs> all right, our next special guest coming up is Miles Weber. You've seen him on MTV Comedy. Please come on up, Miles. Yeah. Miles, thanks so much for joining us. What is your wildest, weirdest moment oh, in comedy? Oh, no,
6: goodness. Wildest, weirdest. Where's Jenny? <laughs> leaving now. That's, yeah. Yeah, that, she's... going right here. Oh, okay. Because it's probably something that happened at her club. I don't know. Like, um, you want, uh, you want a, a fight breaking out in the show, or you want me almost getting my ass kicked by a bunch of uh, kids at a grad night? Grad night. grad night. All right. All right. Uh, this is why I don't do grad nights anymore. Um, it was uh, in Northern California, in a very privileged ass town, super duper privileged ass town. Buddy of mine wanted me to uh, come and do the grad night, and I was gonna, he was going to open for me. And you know, grad nights they pay well, but you know, it's eight, 17, 18 year olds are graduating, doing their thing. We get there, we're going on at like one in the morning, which is fucking terrible because uh, they've been going since 8 o'clock at night or something. And we got there, and man, they had everything, these kids. They had everything. There was food trucks all around the perimeter of the entire campus where they were just getting food. There was a live DJ and two dance floors that they had. There was strobe lights going up into the sky. These kids had everything. And uh, so we went into the theater where we were going to do the show. and We were trying to walk through, and they're showing, like, super bad on the screen, on the TV, in the theater, and we're like, we're supposed to be clean, right? They're drawing dicks. (laughs) Like, they're drawing dicks on this this movie right now. Like, we're supposed to be clean, and there's, like, cartoon dicks on the screen and stuff. And so we went backstage, and we talked to the lady who was uh, was the vice principal who was running the whole thing. And so I asked her, I was like, "Um, so, a couple things. Did you give them their diplomas already? (laughs) So you already know. You <laughs> already knows. And she's like, yeah, they graduated today. They got their diplomas. I'm like, you physically gave them their diplomas. They all have them. Like, it's not like a copy. Like, you get She's like, yeah, they already. I'm like, okay, what is wrong with you? Because these kids have hated you for like four years. Okay? And now you have nothing over them. Nothing at all. Okay? So they are just going to be like gremlins after midnight. This is going to be terrible. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. We're going to do a raffle before you guys go on. Because white people think raffles can solve everything. Shit. Raffle or a bake sale that's going to cure cancer and solve all the world hunger. So she was so confident in this raffle. I'm like, what are you raffling off? And she's like, 32 uh, inch TVs. I'm like, girl, they have that in their car. Like, these kids have 32 inch TVs. So, like, uh, th- you don't have anything over them. And so, sure enough, she goes out there and it's like, Maybe six or seven hundred kids in this theater. It's all jam-packed. They just got done watching Super Bad. She's trying to do this raffle. The kids are literally throwing shit at her. <laughs> Full water bottles. One kid threw like the giant toilet paper wheel, like from like shot putted it from the back, <laughs> which was impressive because he had to break it out of the stall to get the giant roll and then throw it. So I was like, that kid's working, like he's doing shit. And so she doesn't even get through the raffle. And so she brings up my buddy. He goes up, and he's just trying to be the consummate professional. He's like, and and these kids are just tearing into him. Like, there's a kid that's a rapper on the side, and he's, like, trying to go in on my buddy. And all the kids are like, oh, oh, oh. And so my buddy, he's, like, brought up some of the kids' like rap stuff online on his phone to try and, like, figure out how to combat this kid. And so he's like, uh, it says here you have a lyric that said you had a bad bitch in your bed. And the kid was like, yeah, it was your wife. And I'm like, oh, fuck no, they're funny. Uh Uh-oh, I didn't want them to be funny, actually. I was hoping they were stupid 18-year-olds, but damn, that was actually kind of funny. And so these kids are just super rowdy. Then they start throwing shit at him. and, uh, And he didn't curse. He didn't do nothing. And so he just looked at me, and I'm just like, let me have it. And I've already written it off. I'm like, I don't care. I'll never do a grad night again. This is my last one. I don't even care if I get paid. I don't care. I hate these kids. Fuck these kids. And so I went up, man. He gave me the mic. I went up, I stood at the front of the stage and it was the coolest I'd ever felt in comedy because I got to channel Bernie Mac. (laughs) (laughs) And I stood at the front of the stage and I waited for him to get super quiet and it took like two minutes. And they're just sitting there looking at me and I'm like, y'all don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. (laughs) And these kids lit. Oh, he said fuck, oh my God, he said fuck. They, They lost their minds. Because I said, fuck. And I just started laying into the rapper kid. I'm like, how are you going to rap? You got rappers rapping about growing up or being behind bars in prison. You grew up in a gated community. Come on now, kid. Like, and so I started laying into the kid. He finally shut up. And then I got him. And it was fine. Like, I had their attention. I'm like, okay. I just got like another 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm done. This is it. Let's make it happen. And then I, the vice principal walked on stage during my set. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get fired. Like, this is me getting fired on stage for cussing at the kids. Okay, this is what's gonna happen. And she leans in and she goes, she's got a, a, a piece of paper. She's like, could you uh, make an announcement that this, this girl's mom is here to pick her up? <laughs> Which seems appropriate, right? Like, and sure enough, I'm like, uh, Tiffany, your mom is here to pick you up. And this girl in the front's like, thank you. And she just runs out. And then the vice principal was like, you're doing a great job, thanks, bye. And she runs off stage. And that little moment was all the kids needed to kind of like shake it off. And they start yelling and booing and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. And so one girl asked me in the audience, she's like, "Uh, how old are you? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's like a logical question. Let's just do that. And I did the stupid thing. I was like, how old do you think I am? Group of 18 year olds. (laughs) clearly these are going to be great answers right and sure enough people are saying offensive shit and then somebody gets my age right and i'm like that's it that's it right there that's my age and then i'm like trying to like close my show and then this one little white kid with a backwards visor because i don't know it's it's 2002 apparently and he's just yelling 47 47 You're 47, bro, 47! And he just keeps at it, and he won't stop. And I don't know what to say to try and end this show. And so I went, what did you say? And he's like, you're 47! And I'm like, fuck you and your mama. And I kept going. And then he stands up. And he starts going, you're a piece of shit! You, but this white kid's so angry. You're a piece of shit! And I'm like, okay, if y'all thought it was funny, my name is Miles Weber. If you didn't think I was funny, I've been Bill Cosby. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I walk off stage, my buddy's got the check. I'm like, let's get out of here. We need to get the hell out of here. Immediately, we turn around to leave, and who do I bump into? The white kid with the backward sun visor. And he has his whole crew there with him. Like, they came to rumble with me and stuff. And so he comes up to me and he's like, that's the most offensive thing that anybody's ever said to me in my life. And I'm like, oh, boo-boo, you're gonna get... (laughs) You are gonna get chewed up and spit out in this world if that is the meanest thing anybody has said to you. Do I know your mama? And he's like, no, and I'm like, is she a hoe? And I struck a nerve, like, what's going on? (laughs) I don't know your mama, okay? Clearly it bothered you, I'm sorry that it bothered you so much and you got your feelings hurt, but I don't know your mama and I was just trying to get out of here so I could do my job and leave, okay? So y'all go that way, I'm gonna go this way. See you later, and that is why I will never do a grad night for as long as i live ever again so there you go
0: uh miles before you go any advice you would give your younger self
6: oh my god younger self um i mean i like uh, listen to a lot of the higher ups man in all honesty when i was uh, even in recent years like hearing advice from uh bookers managers older comics that are kind of where you're at listen to them man if, if they're where you want to be listen to them because i used to always get from bookers like oh you should wear more collared shirts on stage so you could show you could be more professional i'm like oh well i wear t-shirts so fuck that and now i find myself trying to do more headshots where i'm like looking more presentable so i could do cruises so i could do more colleges so i could do corporates and stuff like that so like you'll hear a lot of stuff like over time from people who seem like they know what they're talking about and you might not think it fits you necessarily but there are certain aspects of a little bit of what they're saying they're going to kind of help you get into new avenues where you want to be where you're making more money doing stand-up comedy so uh yeah listen to the people who seem wise you know if they're where you want to do if they're touring the way you want to tour uh if they got tv credits and you don't and you want those tv credits talk to them and be like hey how'd you do it And maybe there's a certain way that I could try and follow that line or maybe a little bit of it to try and get to the next level as opposed to being stubborn and hard-headed. So I would just say, man, be a little bit more humble in your come up and take advice from people that you respect in comedy instead of just trying to do your own thing. I think that's what I would tell my younger self.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, Miles. All right, we are down to our last special guest. Please welcome Mr. Chip Nicholson. Chip Nicholson is from the Hollywood Improv and Quick and Easy Spanish podcast, and you can see him at chipnicholson.com. Chip, what is your wildest, weirdest moment and experience in comedy?
5: Um, okay, I
8: think uh, there's kind of... I've worked uh, as a door guy in comedy clubs for almost my entire career, so I've seen a lot of crazy shit. Uh, one of the craziest shits that I've seen... Uh, was uh, someone got tasered in the showroom. Uh, another one, someone r- uh, recently got pepper sprayed, but the lady, cause the guy was heckling, he was like, Chicago, I'm from Chicago. And then like, it was a black show. And like, <laughs> and then the lady behind him was like, fuck this motherfucker, I'm gonna get him. Brought out his pepper spray, <laughs> right? And then she pepper sprayed, but it missed him and hit the two dudes behind him. <laughs> So that was wild, um, yeah. <laughs> um, a, a headliner one time was on stage and there was a, batch, a bachelorette party, you know, those were the worst. And, um, and she, she, it was a group of 30. It was a group, so they had a whole side, right? Uh, it was, The guy, the headliner, last joke, last word, because he'd been doing it all weekend, so we knew when it was gonna be over. He was on the last word of the last joke. And then he just couldn't take the heckler, the birthday, the, or the bachelorette party lady. And he was like, she was heckling, and he was just dropped it and ripped into her. She stands up, her boyfriend stands up, they rush the stage, we have to like, all the door guys have to stop them. All 30 stand up and it becomes a brawl. <laughs> I'm not even playing chairs. We're flying. The tables were turning over. It was Mike. Mike Vin. You guys know Mike. You know Mike Vin. So, anyways, it was it was me and Mike Venn. We were trying to like fight people out of the way and get them out of the comedy club. Right. All of a sudden, like I'm, I'm like I like I grab somebody. He grabs somebody, and we look at each other, and it's us, and we go back to back, <laughs> start fighting everybody else. It was amazing. So you rush <laughs> yeah. <what> you did. <laughs> We buddy cop the shit out there. <laughs> yeah, that was the wildest. <laughs> um,
0: Chip, what advice would you give your younger self?
8: Uh, honestly, uh, I would. It, it would definitely be the patience thing um, that Mike Paramore said earlier.
5: But um, all- don't pack wine bottles in your luggage would pack- probably be the best <laughs> advice.
8: <laughs> oh, okay, should I tell that? Okay, well, this is, okay, so. I, so I, I came here and I wanted to like I wanted to like be a part of the group like wh- you know I wanted to like like whoever I roomed with I was like I'm gonna are gonna party tonight right and so I brought a wine bottle right I would never done this before so I put it in my bag and uh, and then when I got here at 2 a.m. all the wine had broken all over my clothes and shit so at 2 a.m. I had to do laundry and shit. But the cool thing is, one of my roommates bought me a new wine bottle.
5: I know, I know, yeah. But I asked you if that white, if that was a white hat, and now everything you own is pink. But you said it was white it wine, was not white red wine. wine. It was white wine. It was white wine. Yeah, I got lucky. It's Cabernet or Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Chef. All right, we've reached the portion of the panel where we're ready to take any questions from the audience. So if you have a question, go ahead and raise your hand. And just keep in mind, I will have to repeat it back into the micro- uh, microphone for our audio. Yeah, Kevin, so go I'm ahead. Wait,
5: how that dick story start? Oh. Jesus.
0: Next question. Yeah, Samantha. Uh, it seems like the
2: crazy wild stories are mostly the dudes. I'm wondering if... if uh,
0: So it seems like a lot of the wild stories come from the guys in comedy. Uh, are there any kind of uh, stories you can share from the female side or maybe insight as to why there aren't as many for us ladies? No, I, I <laughs> why we've a, never I, sold a I dick. I have a
1: lot of stories, but you know we only have X amount of time. And um, the, the best advice I could give you to avoid any wild shit on the road is just... Uh, I've had experiences where I try to give good advice to the booker or the manager that I'm working with and they don't wanna hear it and don't ever give advice. Like I had this one club, the um, manager was gonna cut the staff because of the ticket sales for the second show and I said don't do that, please. Like I know my people, they don't buy pre-tickets, they show up late, I'm like a black act in that respect. Which, you know, and um, I warned him. Well, no, they, that's true. So um, I, I warned him, though, don't cut your staff. And he thought I was the biggest cunt for just telling him that. Sure enough, he cut the staff. He ended up hoofing drinks himself that night because it got oversold because I gave him a heads up. But he never invited me to play his club again. And that was one of my first headlining gigs. And I have since learned uh, just don't give advice because they don't want
2: to hear it. Um, yeah I mean I, I definitely I think it's uh, like women are not usually socialized to do a lot of practical joking um, so I think that's part of you know part of it um, and, and and I think it's fine I mean I, I I, said earlier like I wasn't used to being around this many men and like now it's totally fine and there's tons of men in comedy that I love and I love being around and they you know are supportive or whatever and I think <laughs> Um, but I, it is interesting because I think there is, there, the social consequences for women not being responsible, they, it just feels, it sometimes feels steeper, you know, like, I can't live in a house with eight dudes and one mug, you know what I mean? Like, I, there, there's, all the women that I know in, they, like, we just have to be super responsible, um, and we're socialized to be that way, um, so I think, taking a dick off of a dead person is like (laughs) just so far out of the (laughs) the bounds of like even conceptually what I can imagine me or my female friends in stand-up would end up.
4: Girl, I, mean, I, I cut this go. pussy off a dead person. I,
5: I will say, I, I think it's unfair to I just assume that it doesn't happen. I've toured with a lot of great ladies in comedy. Lisa Lampinelli. a lot of weird yeah. shit happens to Lisa Lampinelli with her fans. Um, I mean, yeah, I, it, I don't think it's a sex thing. I do agree that guys just being the bigger dummies that we are are, gonna do, are more prevalent to do stupid things. Uh, but I would think all the weird shit happens equally to all sexes on the road. I really do.
0: Any other questions from the audience? Yeah, go ahead.
5: Do
0: you guys ever see anything crazy in someone's like or like oh, or, or anything like that? Wait, can you say what to, a, a little bit? He, he asked
5: right. if we'd seen anything crazy in writers. Oh, uh okay, in, yeah, go ahead. In artist writers. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff in artist writers, but that's more of a, something I think we'd ask on a uh, like industry-related panel. I, I don't wanna chew up time with that here. At least, I mean, Eddie famously wants shoes in his contract. I mean, uh, you know, you got to go buy the guy running shoes. So, I mean, there's there's lots. I mean, who was it that famously, uh, and then everyone copycatted it, but wanted uh, a certain color M&M M&M's, pulled out yeah. of the M&M, and yeah. then everyone followed suit with that and picked their own colors. So, yeah, there's a lot of ridiculous demanding, but, I mean, you're at this long enough from a, from a club standpoint. You know, you cross those things off. And uh, you know, and you give you give what's uh, expected or what you can. Um, but yeah, a lot of weird things have been asked for in comedy. Like sure. We'll get you weed, but it won't be that good.
3: I, I and Tj Miller on
5: his last rider, asked me for a pinata. I actually, yeah.
3: I actually did that yeah. weird shit like that. I actually, I, I headlined my first comedy club, and uh, and I was so excited about it. The guys like, do you need anything? In the in your green room, and I was like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to be a dick or anything. I was like, you know, if you could just get me some fried chicken, and rice, and gravy, that'd be great. And I got there, and it was just ready. For, it was hot and ready for me, and I felt so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally right up the street too. And I was like, this is the best day ever. It came in to eat, ate with me. I was like, thank you so much. It's like I told you, I'd get you anything you wanted, but this is the. It was like the, the sanest thing he's ever heard. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's used to someone's like, yeah, I need like three hookers, like a p- pound of cocaine. I'm like, yeah, just give me some fried chicken and gravy. That'd be <laughs> fucking great.
0: Any other questions from the audience? No, need <laughs> All right, well, before we wrap up, any last-minute thoughts or comments from the panel about anything wild, weird, or in-between in comedy?
1: I would just say enjoy it. Like, you know, I've met, I've met and worked with people who have robbed banks. Like, you know, I've been picked up at the airport by a dude who used to be a firefighter who ended up going to prison for robbing a bank during happy hour. Um, I've worked with another person who went to prison for holding up banks with cans. That was his weapon of choice. <laughs> you, you're just gonna meet so many just fucking eclectic, <laughs> insane, yeah. out-of-pocket people. Yeah. And if you don't judge it, if you don't judge it, like, don't let your guard down. You should have boundaries with these motherfuckers, but, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know like, just enjoy the ride for what it is, because nobody gets to experience these on stage experiences as well as the offstage just yeah. fucking lunacy yeah. that we get to enjoy as artists.
4: Um, I would say, if you get a chance, try to hit up as many small towns as possible. Small, doing, telling jokes in small towns is the best ever. If for no other reason, they're just happy to see somebody that isn't the motherfuckers they know. So yeah. <laughs> it's, best the, it, it's the best, they're the best crowds, they're best. the most attentive, and if you sit long enough, they'll tell you their whole life story. So it's, it's, it's really good, small towns. Lines
3: after the show, yeah. everybody oh. wants to talk everybody to everybody you. Everybody wants to talk, everybody wants to hang they're out. You're, your a, you're a
4: damn rock star.
2: I think, um, One of the best things that I have recently been uh, remembering is that uh, just being open to being wrong about who you think you are, which is how I ended up in comedy in the first place. (laughs) Um, But I think over and over when it comes to um, the different environments that you you have been willing to put yourself in versus not be willing to be wrong about who you are and also... um, like who you surround yourself and all the things that the panelists have been saying about like things you should change like I like what he said earlier about like being open to what people suggest because you we get in our heads we're like well I'm a this type of person I'm a this type of comic I only do these kinds of things I just think continue to be open to being wrong about who you think you are
3: always changing getting better yeah yeah Because we're evolving we're just an industry of constant involving, you know, yeah. you gotta get better. We're never, you should never be stagnant, right? Yeah.
5: I was lucky enough to uh, spend a few weeks of uh, my career touring with the Smothers Brothers, who could not have been the nicest guys in the world. And I learned a couple of things from that. One, I really think when you are a entertainer, your ultimate goal is trying to be beloved. So don't just try to be beloved for the hour that you're on stage. You gotta remember that when you're off stage, your actions and how you are represent you as who you are as a person and a performer, and believe me, in this day and age, with everything captured on social media, the internet, or whatever, you have to be cautious. But uh, the Smothers Brothers really taught me a valuable lesson, which is one of the oldest adages in showbiz, but it's an adage for a reason, and that's don't burn any bridges on the way up, and certainly don't burn them on the way down. You talk about the weird people you meet, you might meet the weirdest motherfucker you met, but he could re- end up running comedy at NBC in a year and a half, so. <laughs> Um, you know, treat everyone how you would want to be treated. Live by the golden rule, man.
0: And before we let everybody go, one quick question from Chip Nicholson. Go ahead. So, like, just from listening
8: to this to, this, to the conversation, I have this kind of weird question. But how do you create boundaries without burning bridges?
0: How do you create boundaries without burning bridges?
1: Um, this one took me a long time to learn because I used to tour by myself. I never got to bring an opener.
0: Uh, or like choose my own
1: feature. So um, now I-, I travel with my girlfriend. That's what I would say. Bring if you can't bring your manager. If you're not a place where you don't have a road manager with you or an entourage, bring somebody who can buffer. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise you're gonna offend people because they are there to see you. They want to talk to you. They want to buy your merch. But then they want to tell you about how their aunt has cancer and shit. Like you know what I mean? Um, so just have somebody with you who can take that that force off your shoulders.
0: Any other final thoughts or comments? Or, you know, on that? Just
4: be polite. No, thank you. Goes a long way. It, 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 goes, a lot, lo, it goes a lot further than you think. Just a, just
6: a real, just polite, genuine no thank you.
0: And then, real quick. Um,
6: yeah, I just want to add something about like, the, we were talking about lessons and everything that are beneficial to comics. And this has been beneficial to me recently. And I've been telling a lot of people, and they're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Crowd work is fun. Um, Don't get branded as a crowd work comic. I repeat, do not, yeah, Jenny's laughing in the back. Do not get branded as a crowd work comic. There was about a year and a half, I just did only crowd work. I didn't do a joke for a year and a half. And I got really great at crowd work and everything was great. Nothing ever went wrong. There were never any problems. Everything was good. And I only found out in the last year and a half when I started crafting a clean act that I'm trying to get on TV, bookers who I've been working for for years saw my act this past year and a half and went, oh, you're doing jokes now. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, thank God. All of them across the board are like, thank God. Because we just thought you were doing crowd work and that was it. And we were hesitant to book you back. There were times where I would go months without getting a response from people that I've been working for for years. And I found out it's because they're not big fans of crowd work. And it's because regardless of if it goes well or not, no club wants to be the first club where it doesn't go well. So you need to have a balance with that it's okay to do some planned crowd work every now and then if you have a system to where you know maybe sometimes you do three questions and out so that we come back into material you know there's a lot of different tricks so you can do like well calculated crowd work but always make sure that it is not what you're getting known for or branded for because clubs and bookers alike they don't, that's just too risky, they can't rely on it, and then they just, it, it, it gets real sticky. So don't get branded as that type of comic. Make sure you're well-rounded and you're doing as much as you can in that regard. Thank you.
0: All right, everybody, thank you so much for coming out to the panel this afternoon. Thank you to the audience, Blends for hosting us, our amazing special guests, and our wonderful panel participants. Enjoy the last day of Big Pine, and we will see you guys later on this afternoon for our final panel at the Orpheum. Have a great afternoon, everybody.